rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? I'm Dave. And back for a second week, Stephen Brewer, uh, King Kong Minute. Welcome. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, it's almost like we've just stepped out of one recording into another. Uh, funny how that works in the podcasting game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. I just stayed here the whole week. I was at your house, lounging on the couch, just waiting to record. <laughs> I uh, will be wanting some of that food replaced in your refrigerator as well, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, last minute, we chatted a bit about the franchise past and present. Um, we did bring up Dominion a couple of times. Did you see Dominion in theaters, Stephen? Yeah, I, I actually had a pretty good theater experience um, because I went to... I, I'm an Orlando guy. So I went to CityWalk Universal, uh, went to the theater there and watched it. I saw some people that I I have followed on Instagram dressed up as characters from the movie. I'm like, hey, I know. Anyway, so I was like, this is pretty cool. Everyone's all hyped. Uh, saw like three or four Owens. We all went and sat down, watched the movie. And then my wife and I went to Jurassic Park right after the movie because uh, the park was still open. So we went just over through the ticket booth and went to Jurassic Park. Um, so it was a pretty cool experience, all in all. So, yeah, I did see it in theaters. <laughs> and we haven't really talked about this either, Dave, but uh, being on board, whether what Dominion uh, showed us, the world it sort of created, although we did say last minute, it created a very isolated pocket of the world that probably shouldn't have happened. But um, tomorrow... It'd be Trevor O because he's not doing anything else. Uh, and the answer is that Jurassic Seven's on the production. Would uh, would it be something you'd be? Would that uh, put a smile on your face, or would it be dread? Um, I mean, I'd watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yep. Dave, what they'd have you? to. Oh, keep going. sorry. You're right, keep going. I was going to say they'd have to to really really. Honestly, just, they'd have to pull cheap tricks like he did in 2015 and just bring so much nostalgia into it that they don't, I don't know. <laughs> just make just make Jurassic Park again, and then I'm okay with it. I'm kind but, of, um, I'm kind of on mixed feelings about a remake of Jurassic Park. I would love a, like an HBO series or a, like a streaming series, like a Netflix series that is a straight adaption of a novel. That would be awesome. But like just remaking it as a movie, I mean, I already have the movie. Why why would I watch the re- uh, remake? Yeah, and we've we've talked about yeah, pure gold. Yeah, we've talked in the past too yeah. about uh, the potential of James Cameron was was going to come on and do it instead of before Spielberg took it and he's um he talked to Spielberg post Jurassic and said that's that's the movie Spielberg was the man to, to do it. Um the Cameron movie would have been a lot different. Would I would like to see that movie? Yeah, sure. Um, after Aliens, I'd love to see. <laughs> let's let's just go and uh, shoot some raptors. But um, 
I think, yeah, something like a TV series, whether it's Amazon or something, just 10 episodes or something so you can fully, fully dig into everything the novel uh, wanted to put forward. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even have a, a couple of little things, a couple of nuggets in there uh, to hint at a season two for The Lost World as well. Just because the novels are so much different uh, than what we get on film, I think I think there's room to mm-hmm. move there. Yeah, I'd say give me some prequel stuff, just a little bit of the creation of the park, and then lead into the park, and then yeah, plug that for too. a season two. I'm on board. Yeah. I think some one of the main criticisms about it is that it wouldn't have very many dinosaurs. And in I know it hasn't been the most popular with fans, but the Lord of the Rings prequel series, um, Rings of Power, one of the main things that they that the fans didn't like about it was that it was um was that it didn't follow the source material and the other things that a lot of the mainstream people didn't like about it was that it was too slow. And I think that when you go into something with that much history behind it, it needs to be slow. But with a Jurassic Park prequel, I think the the thing is you're going to see those dinosaurs right away. Like that's going to be a hook for the end of the first episode is Lockwood and Hammond birthing that baby triceratops you know mm-hmm. and then i mean this whole setup of the park we know that there was one in one major incident that caused the whole um uh, first movie to get involved but in the novel i believe they mentioned numerous incidents that they had to end up covering up and Hammond paid off a bunch of people to keep silent about those incidents. And that's something they could also mine for the for a potential prequel series is a lot of that novel stuff that goes more into the nitty gritty of the daily operations of Jurassic Park. Yeah, just simple, simple thing like the, the Jeeps requiring to have the, the red stripes on them so the Triceratops could see them. Like you could easily have... Jurassic maintenance jeep version one that did not have those stripes on it, and you've got a you've got an exactly. encounter with a triceratops. And mm-hmm. we've we've always we've always said these movies just do not do the herbivores as dangerous as they are, and that would have would have been perfect for that. Like we see Jeep ten, I think is the lowest number in the movie. Well, what happened to Jeeps one through uh, one through nine? <laughs> well, we we see tour cars four and five. Uh, what happened to the first three? Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, anyway, um, before we get into the minute, heading over to, no, not, to, yes, Jurassic-P.com, uh, we've got an article up here for Gunner Eversoul. Uh, Toby Jones' character here, we get introduced as the auctioneer. This article here pretty much goes over what we see of him in the film. Uh, I've also got the link here to IMDb with uh, Toby Jones' uh, details put up here. I think uh, the Marvel stuff is the only real, the only thing that pops to mind with uh, where I've seen Toby Jones before uh, and past, really. Um, a, a very busy Toby actor. Jones. Yeah. He is, though, at the same time, because Toby Jones is one of those actors that he's kind of like, wait a second, he was in that? <laughs> what kind of actors? Like, he pops up. Usually in like these kind of smaller roles, like we see here in Fallen Kingdom, 
and like he's in I'm I'm just scrolling through here. He's in at some point uh like um he's in Frost Nixon W. He this was something I did not find out until a couple years ago. He was the voice of Dobby in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, did you ah, know that you at took Harry and Goat Hogwarts. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> so I just so I've been following Harry Potter for you know I I was a Potter kid for a little bit. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I just found that out last year. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. That's Toby Jones. I was like, I texted my friend. I'm like, why did you never tell me Toby Jones was Dobby? And uh, yeah, so I was shocked. So <laughs> just throwing that out there. Well, <laughs> um, I also knew him from an episode of Doctor Who he was in. Uh, or was it a special? I don't remember. He was like a phantom inside the TARDIS. I don't know if either of you watched Doctor Who, but um, really. that's what I knew him from before Marvel and then this. Yep. Interesting here, too. One of those actors that um, returned to the video game versions of the films as well because he reprised Dobby in the, the Harry Potter um video game as well so didn't know that and I have not seen the new Indiana Jones yet I know he's in that <laughs> from the trailers but uh, very busy very busy actor and I think he uh, he plays a part here uh, and adds to the the fodder <laughs> of the chaos of the auction later on it's funny because in the recent Indiana Jones movie when the picture the set leak picture showed up and they see him he's in the scene with the German castle Everybody assumed he was going to be like reprising a kind of uh, Zola role from the Marvel series, or but ends up he's completely he's a completely not he's the opposite kind of character. He's kind of like a more of a side non-violent kind of character. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Good not to typecast. <laughs> is is he wearing false teeth in this movie? Oh, I don't know if that's okay. helping him with his gonna... accent or what. <laughs> So I was going to say, I, I was like, the silence told me that maybe I'm the only person who's thought this. Okay, so I feel like his teeth don't look like this, and I feel like he hisses on his S's more often than he usually does in this movie. So I was starting to wonder if he was wearing false teeth for this movie. That was my first impression when I was watching it. I could be totally wrong, but... It could be that, but I mean, like, he also does, like, interesting accents like in everything he's in i've never seen him do the same accent twice like here he's got some kind of weird like kind of lazy transplant uh new york-ish accent and then indiana jones he's british and harry potter of course he's got the squeaky little voice and then in the marvel movies he's german so i like i said i've never seen him do the same accent twice i'd imagine that um He'd be one of those actors you'd you'd see him go on to a, a late night show or something to promote a movie, and the first time you hear what his actual voice is, it, it sounds like a twenty one year old kid or something. Just what who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and what's he done with his voice? Especially, um, yeah, especially if you're sort of looking UK doing American films or vice versa. Uh, there's some people that can hide their accent very well, and um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, it would not surprise me, especially since um, we get here, he's sort of a, a little bit snobby and a little bit high class too, so maybe he has had a bit of work done when uh, when he's an auctioneer, he's got to be at the head of the crowd on that uh, podium, why wouldn't you have glistening, <laughs> glistening new teeth? Where's the dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get there, guys, how about we talk about minute 53? Sounds good. Mr. Eversole, 
It's a pleasure to meet you in person after all this time. How are you? Excuse me. Yeah. Where are the dinosaurs? The dinosaurs are, uh, are en route. Oh, so am I supposed to sell these ones? You don't need to worry, okay? They will be here soon. Alright, Min 53, Paul King opens with the Arcadia steaming <laughs> north from Nublar and ends with uh, a little man scoffing about a $4 million payday for a dinosaur. As we end at the last minute, um, no, as last minute, no, something's fucked up there. Um, we got to see the end of the last minute with the SS Venture steaming away from the hellscape of Vistal Nublar. As we continue into 53, we get a dark cloud, uh, give us a swap to the left, taking us away from Costa Rica and back to Lockwood Manor after what seems like a while. We've uh, we've been away from Lockwood Manor and now we're back in California. Uh, we come in over Mills' shoulder, looking at a satellite image of Nublar as the little dot representing the Arcadia flashes as it moves north. Um, David, here we have another division in the Nublar uh, topographic <laughs> maps. Uh, this one clearly showing the volcano location in the north, which they all do, but uh, this one shows the radio tower below the mountain, and we get the long valley from the volcano all the way to the north dock, uh, which we see in the last few minutes. This sort of lays out the ground of where we've been over the last 15-20 minutes very well that no other maps do <laughs> and I've only seen one sort of map show this detail and that's one that um, I think our posters got on their site that's got no colour to it it's just a very basic topographical map um, mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> again we're back on the maps <laughs> yeah these maps especially in, in Fallen Kingdom are just kind of a headache the Graphic designers for the maps on Fallen Kingdom, I think, misinterpreted some of, of what was going on in the script and completely redid the map. I know Trevorrow has stated that it's just a flat-out mistake. There's no kind of resolving it. It's just a goof. Yeah. And even funnier is that I just noticed that the airstrip that we saw earlier when they first arrived on the island is actually exactly about exactly where Main Street is supposed to be. <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> oh, Stephen, I, I don't know if you picked up on previous episodes or not, but um, the maps are never. Yeah, right. we're, we're we're a stickler for never. behind the scenes stuff, and the maps are a pain. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. I good on you guys for keeping track of it, because man, I I think when I first watched Jurassic World and tried to compare it to Jurassic Park on the map, that's when I quit with the maps. So good on <laughs> yeah. you guys for sticking with it. <laughs> Um, I remember, because, I mean, I helped, I helped co-found um, Jurassic Media with Terry, who did the original Jurassic Park Legacy Encyclopedia. And so, um, one of the things that we tried doing was mapping the uh, two islands based on both visual description, actual maps that we see in the movie, and um, lo basically logical spots of where things ought to be and i remember sitting in the theater in jurassic world and seeing the map of isla nublar on the screen and i just folded my arms and scowled and said no what fuck it i'm done with these maps <laughs> <laughs> oh that that lagoon moving really that was the one that got me most i was like you gotta be kidding me the lagoon is now on the ocean okay all right whatever yeah and that, and that's we it's not just the maps we do see a lot of things through this entire trilogy neutrally of just changing 
even changing things from the previous movie just just so we can have a new set piece, a new location, or we need we need to change just so we can have something happen when you could easily easily write it in. Um, we know there's those rivers on New Blood that were running to and from the main lagoon. There's no reason why Mosasaur couldn't have got out one of those rivers and and all that. But we've we've done this to, <laughs> to death. <laughs> Mills looks on sadly or tensely at the screen as his intercom buzzes. Mister Mills, your visit is waiting. That didn't sound like Iris. We've never seen a secretary. We've only seen Mills and Iris in the uh, and. Uh, Lockwood in the building so I don't know if we're we've got a secretary here that we're never going to see in the movie uh, could have added for more more another kill towards the end of the movie as well when it all goes pear-shaped but I think the I mean a lot of people are like well where well what about Iris when the in towards the back half of the movie I'm like these build these places have big staff it's a big house it's got probably at least two cooks probably at least a dozen maids uh, other staff they have probably an on-staff medical expert for Lockwood and it's just I assure you that he sent all of them home when when the uh auction was going on he didn't want anybody coming in barging in um Mr. Mr. Mills, there's a problem with the soup for tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm kind of in the middle of an illegal auction here. Yeah, yeah it's all going to be secret, secret, no witnesses. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we don't we don't see his secretary here. Um, and uh, we know it's, or it doesn't sound like Iris, but because I'm not really going to get to talk about Iris, uh, real quick, did we bring up uh, her connection to another dinosaur related movie slash franchise i can't remember so wondering. go for it <laughs> so she is in the very opening scene of the 2002 hallmark dinotopia miniseries oh, she's wow. only in the opening scene and i am like one of maybe three fans of dinotopia in the world uh, <laughs> so i have to the, the point DVD, where so you make that four <laughs> there you go i've considered starting the dinotopia podcast dead serious so like the fact that she's in these two dinosaur franchises and she's like charlie chaplin's daughter granddaughter mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah yep it's she's pretty cool in my book That's yeah and it's another another instance here in the previous movie here and in dominion where we do get these these uh these good actors and most of the time they're given very little to do it's it's a couple of scenes here a couple of lines of dialogue uh Iris does get a little bit more, some would say, I would say she gets pretty much shit on with just disappearing out of the film, even though we, we know what happens to her from different sources. So, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, but then we are introduced to Mr. Eversole. Uh, I'm just going to call him Te- Trevor, Toby Jones because that's not the best name. Um, entering the Jurassic universe, uh, standing by one of the museum displays, uh, not admiring it, but uh, focusing on his phone. So he's um, he's not one to be wondered by these animals, apart from their price. <laughs> um, and he's not here also to listen to Mills trying to suck up to him, marks him straight out, where are the dinosaurs in that, uh, in that accent or... For some big false teeth, we'll, 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 we'll focus on that later. 
Um, Mills tells him the dinosaurs are en route, and uh, Eversol sarcastically asks him if he's meant to sell these ones, gesturing to one of the museum exhibits he's standing in front of. Uh, I think that's the Concavador, isn't it, Dave? I believe so, yes. Yep. Um, that's what I thought it was. Yep. Mills assures him not to, assures him not to worry, the animals will be here soon. Uh, and then we get... Uh, I don't normally work with amateurs, uh, so I'm going to contact my buyers and call this off. Which, I don't know if we're behind schedule here, or if Mills and his excitement just got Toby Jones here earlier than he was meant to be. Obviously, the ship's on its way back. We haven't even got the animals into their cages yet. <laughs> Why have we got the auctioneer here to see animals that um, that aren't here? I can only think it's because Wheatley and crew stayed to the very last minute. They had no... Well, they might have had a deadline where they had to pack up and come back, but they've just stayed there longer than they should have to ensure they got more I animals. believe earlier that when Mills is on the phone with Wheatley, he says that they're a day behind schedule already. So yeah. the dinosaurs are supposed to be there already. <laughs> and I'm sure Toby Jones isn't someone you just ring up the day before to say, come and do mm-hmm. this. It's it's probably been something that's been uh, back and forth communication for some months to uh, organise this as well. Not to mention the whole uh, apparatus, I'll say, of the auction floor and that that we get <laughs> downstairs, because <laughs> I can guarantee that's not part of the original lab plans at all. <laughs> Yeah, is, is there a, a big market in uh, black market auctioneering? Like, is that a good a good job? <laughs> like, why, why do they have to contact this very specific auctioneer for this and also, pay him a lot of money? Discretion. Basically, <laughs> uh, that's what it comes down to. They need somebody who's not going to talk, and I'm certain that these kind of auctions happen all the time, especially with, like, the poacher trade you're getting people selling mass amounts of ivory that they shouldn't even be having. You need yeah. somebody, you need a middleman to help move that merchandise because it'd be dangerous to do it yourself. Yeah, I was also thinking too, but in 2018, we are just just prior, just before the uh, <laughs> the pandemic and everyone going online with a lot of stuff. I could have imagined this just being a um, an online meeting or something or online space where uh, bids are made and. Um, and that sort of thing, but these these sort of people that are taking part in this market, the black market stuff, and that they they probably have no trouble with flaunting what they're doing and that in public. Um, if the authorities could have caught them, they would have already done it by now. So, of course, they're going to have shindigs and swaways and that in hotel rooms mm. or ballrooms and that, and conduct their business semi semi privately, but uh, in the open as well. Uh, Mill says uh, that they'll be here tomorrow and your buyers won't be disappointed, trust me. Uh, whatever their interests, agricultural, industrials, sports hunting, we have something to suit them all. Uh, 11 species, with uh, all of a unique bio, biological pharmaceutical property, uh, and he estimates 4 million per species, which that's not even 4 million per animal. If there's <laughs> if there's 4 uh, gallimimus, that's, that's only, uh, what, a million dollars each. <laughs> we will get to this in future minutes with their uh, the prices and the estimates of the animals and how obscenely low it seems. But um, just setting up here, just agricultural interests. Okay, so we do see the... Uh, um, I can't recall them now, David. What's the... Not Triceratops that we get the farming in Dominion? The Cedar Yes, the one. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, we do get that in Dominion, so that's one thing that sort of we do get to see. We don't see any of the industrial stuff. I'm, I'm not quite sure you'd have Triceratops clearing land instead of a bulldozer. Um, sports hunting, we've talked a lot about poaching, people poaching on the islands. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it'd be something similar to what we see with the Nasutoceratops farm, uh, maybe a forested area that someone puts a, a fence around and there's a couple of carnivores or something in there and they've got unique hunting, sports hunting mm -hmm. parks. Although I don't know what the insurance on that would be. <laughs> well, uh, that kind of makes the scene almost mirror the one where, from the novel, where Dodgson pulls aside his boss and is like, Engine's got these animals, and you know for sure they're going to sell them. They're going to sell the idea of them. They're going to sell them for sports hunting, uh, product testing, all kinds of things, uh, food, pets. Again, then those pets can only eat engine pet food. That's like right out of the Apple playbook right there. <laughs> well, and something that does come back in Dominion where we have uh, the, the locusts only eating um, non-engine crops, uh, non-bison crops. So bison sort of taken a little book page out of <laughs> the original novel there as well, but mm -hmm. not, not enough to my satisfactoriness, of course. But um, yeah, it's just, again, these little, little, hints here and little ideas that I think could have been expanded a lot more in Dominion, especially when we do see uh, some bad people getting their hands on animals at the end of the film, trucking them across the country, overseas or what have you and that's it, we don't get any of that <laughs> again uh, whatsoever apart from some black market stuff in Malta mm. um, of course it's happening but we yeah, we don't see it mm -hmm. Just for a Jurassic World again it's too, it's too small but uh, this gets Toby Jones off his phone, and uh, he turns as a minute ends, scoffing at uh, Mills's four million dollar estimate. Uh, I think more so, not so much the estimate, but uh, I think he says next minute he gets out of bed for nothing under eight million or something. He's he's, he's used to a lot higher priced uh, items that he auctions off, so. And that price is obscenely low. Like, there are actual dinosaur skeleton, like fossil, uh, complete fossil skeletons that sell for more. Yeah. I, I think, um, what was it? Um, Stan, the T-Rex, just sold for, I think, close to 100 mil. And there'd be a, there'd be a, um, it'd be well known throughout the, the museum, uh, um, Oh, that word's gone. The community that uh, there's probably there's probably uh, a lot better or fantastic um, collections of fossils, skeletons, all that sort of stuff that's in the private market. Just because the price people have found them and sold them to private collectors, whatever else in the museums, just can't pay mm -hmm. that sort of money to have have this sort of stuff. Uh, a lot of times it's donated, but there's probably times as well where they got to they got to fork out the money. They haven't got a Dr. Oh, Jones yeah. <laughs> donating stuff to museums. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Stan is one of the... The skull alone is one of the best preserved skulls that we have. So, like, all the replicas of the skulls you see are made from Stan. And it's funny. I Actually, I just looked it up. The um, it, In October 2020, Stan sold for $31.8 million to an anonymous buyer. And this may, it's the most expensive fossil ever sold, but that's almost reaching um, 
<clears throat> Mills proposed a mount <laughs> just with one specimen, and that's the skeleton. Yeah. It doesn't even have any of the parts uh, uh, meat attached to it. Yeah, there's no DNA, nothing coming off that. In the in the novel comparison, briefly, uh, we do get Mills sitting at a uh, we don't get Mills sitting at the computer. Sorry, uh, cut straight from the rear cargo doors on the ship closing to Lockwood Manor, and uh, Toby Jones standing at one of the dioramas in the museum. Mills panics whenever Sol tells him he's calling it off. Uh, most of the dialogues are same, but Mills says there's 37 animals, 11 species, and they will fetch at least eight million per species, which is a higher number. Uh, per species, but still, as I say, if there's four ankylosaurs, it's only two million each <laughs> for those, which I think we do see one go for eight million uh, in the auction, but still, still too low. Mm. Yeah, but uh, anything else on minute 53? I think we've touched all the bases there. Don't have anything else. Uh, nothing else. One more time, Stephen, plug away. Uh, as you said last minute, it is in hiatus at the moment, but. Uh, Fingers crossed it might give a few of us chances to catch up and get those minutes down just in time for you to start back up again. Yeah, so uh, I am one of the two hosts of the King Kong Minute, and yes, we are in hiatus. We are halfway through. We have 100 released episodes plus an intro episode, and uh, we got got 100 more coming. Um, I'm also, you know, if I'm already plugging, uh, one of the three hosts of the John Wick Minute. Oh, nice. um, we are also on hiatus. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll be picking that up hopefully in September. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm in John Wick. I'm in King Kong. And yeah. Oh, very nice. And I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the uh, fourth John Wick one last month oh, and actually so really good. liked that one. I think that was one of the best oh, ones good. I've liked since the second. Yeah. Yeah, four is incredible. So I'm really excited to get there. We're about 40 minutes into the first movie. Okay. Nice. It's just... Yeah, Jurassic Asylum. It's just good to see a franchise like that that just, at each time, the, the films are just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And you can also head over to uh, moviesbyminutes.com. I think there's 249 now. Uh Different different podcast. If uh, you've got a favourite movie, if it's not Jurassic, I'm not quite sure why you're listening to this. But uh, if, it's, <laughs> um, if you've got a favourite movie, chances are someone's covering it minute by minute. Or if you do have some spare time and your movie's not there, maybe uh, grab yourself a microphone, a laptop, and sit down at a desk with uh, with a friend and uh, start talking about your favourite films. It's not overly hard to do, but uh, yeah, get the conversation going. Guys, that's been Minute 53. How about we get out of here for the week? All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Ah, Very. Thank you very much for coming on. It was great having you.